Well, welcome back into our um, 12th week. Can you imagine 12 weeks looking at uh, the Gospel of Mark in our series, The Words, The Ways and The Works of Jesus? Uh, it's fantastic for us to be back together to really delve into uh, the Word found in the Bible and to really kind of explore that for, for ourselves. Just Let's just pray before we get into this today. Oh, gracious Lord, we just ask that as we have heard your word found in the Bible, may it enter into our hearts. May we know what you would speak to our lives today. We ask your Holy Spirit to open up this passage of the Bible to us right now. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, we've, we've just had uh, the reading uh, read to us, and, and I'm going to read it again in just a moment because... It's so important for us to actually really delve into the word found in, God, in God's, God's word found in the Bible and to hear it more than once because so often when we, when we hear it once, we, we just skip through it really quickly and we go, oh, that's what I think I heard. But just to hear it again and know that it's there and hear the word speak to us again, it's really important for us to do that. And so that's why we actually have the reading twice within our services so that we actually hearing God speak to us through his word. But, it's, you know, it's actually really interesting because when we come to passages like this within the Bible, some people um, and some churches will focus really heavily on the demonic and actually look at demons and, and what's going on and they get really heavily involved. And other churches um, kind of gloss over or don't even recognise this at all. And C.S. Lewis, actually, in his introduction to the, his, one of his famous books, uh, The Screwtap Letters, actually says this, and I'll just read you the quote for it. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race, that is, our human race, can fall about devils or demons. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Both of these are errors. So this is actually really important for us when we come into this, you know, because as Mark is writing his gospel account of Jesus, about the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus, he's actually using Jesus' power over these unseen forces in this world, the demonic powers. He's using that as evidence that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, even in the first few chapters of, of Mark's Gospel, you'll find it in Mark chapter 1, verses 22 to 28, Jesus casts out demons in the synagogue. In Mark 1, 32 to 34, Jesus casts out many demons. In Mark 1, 39, Jesus casts out more demons. In Mark 3, 11, uh, the unclean spirit cries out, you are the Son of God. In Mark 3, 14 to 15, the 12 disciples are given authority to actually do what they cast out demons. And in Mark 3.22, Jesus is actually accused of having power over the demons because he's from Beelzebub, you know, from Satan. You know, here Mark is using Jesus' power and authority over the demonic to say that he is God's son. He has power over all things. So today I don't actually want to focus on, on the demon possession, but that doesn't mean that we don't believe in it, we don't see it, we don't read about it. I just want you to think about something else today. 
I actually want you to think um, about, and I want you to actually pay attention to this as we hear the word again. I want you to pay attention on people's reaction to the life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. I actually want to pay for you to pay attention to that, to the life-changing encounter of Jesus Christ and people's reaction to that. So let's just jump back into the Bible again. Let's just jump back into Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through to 20. And I'm going to read just from a slightly different version, and we'll put it up on the screen as well. And this is from the New Living Translation. So they arrived at the other side of the lake, and in the region of um, Gerasenes, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. Whenever he was put, chains put onto him and shackles, he, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist, smashed the shackles, and no one was strong enough to actually subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with the sharp stones. And when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed down before him. And with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send it into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission the evil spirit came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A, a, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons and he was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were afraid. Then those who'd seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the son of man, so, that, so, so the man started off to visit the ten towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. You know, when we delve into this and start to think about what were people's reaction to the life-changing events, how did you go with that? Did you catch some of those reactions? Now, I want you to actually be a little bit interactive with me today. So for those who are online and not in the building today, whether it be on Facebook or in our church online, um, I want you to jump into the comments and jot down a few of the reactions that you heard 
as God was speaking to you, what was coming out of that passage for you today? Jump online and put in what did you hear God speaking to you today about the reactions people had to the life-changing encounter of Jesus. And while you're doing this, I just want to actually say this. See, the encounter of the demon-possessed man with Jesus, it was life-changing. I'm going to say this, it was life-changing. His life was completely and utterly turned around. He was set free. See, when we encounter Jesus in our lives, we are changed, we are turned around, we are set free. So as we come to know the words, the ways and the works of Jesus, to understand who Jesus is, what he's done, what he says, what was his great thing he did, we will understand as we encounter Jesus through the word found in the Bible, through our own personal relationship with God as that comes into fruition, we'll actually find we are set free from the things that will bind us the things that hold us back, that that stop us from having that living relationship. When we encounter Jesus, our lives are changed. We are set free. But different people will react to our encounters and we will react differently to those who encounter Jesus as well. So how did you go? You got a few comments in there? Um, I hope you have. You got a few ideas. You've heard a few things that God's been saying to you. So as we get in there, I'm just going to explore a couple. Now, and I just want you to you know, hear this as I'm coming out of this. Now, the first thing that I saw when I read this and when and God was speaking to me is that I recognised that people were reacting to the encounter that this man had with Jesus. They were reacting out of fear. So they reacted out of fear. The herdsmen... And the people that heard Jesus that came from the villages around and saw the man no longer in the state that he was but clothed and listening and attentive and in his right mind, he was there and they were afraid. You know, the herdsmen saw it all happen and they ran away. And as they were running, they were telling people. And the people they heard wanted were amazed, but they were afraid when they got to see the person changed. When we react out of fear, it affects how we see Jesus. It affects how we see the life change that Jesus brings into people. It affects how we react to our own life change with Jesus. See, fear stops us from seeing the freedom the man had now. Fear stopped those people, the herdsmen and the crowd, from seeing the freedom that the man had, the restoration that the man had. They saw somebody that they thought they knew and they, over time and experience, had seen that same person out of their mind but now sane and fear stopped them from seeing this new person. See, fear... When we bring fear into understanding our experiences, it it stops us from seeing the change. It'll actually say to us, things will never change. Everything will be the same. Fear stops us from seeing the change. Fear stops us from encountering the change. So when we come into this moment, 
We need to realize that we need to, to remove fear from that. We need to hold fear back. See, fear influences us on our individual basis. And I want to just look at two distinct ways that this does for us. In our own encounter with Jesus, fear actually influences us. When we have an encounter with Jesus, sometimes we are fearful of how other people will react to us. We're, we're worried about what others are going to say. We're worried about what people are going to do. We're worried about that, you know, I may have been this person, but now with Jesus in my life, my life is changing. My life is dear. And I've encountered Jesus. I've been set free. And people may not understand that. People may think I'm going crazy or wacko or whatever. But that's so important for us to actually understand that fear will dictate what we do. Never let fear stop you from proclaiming the change, the life-giving change that you have from encountering Jesus. Never let fear stop you from proclaiming that. And the second is this. The second is this difference that comes, not from the personal one, but from when we see others. And I pray and I hope that as Christians and believers, as disciples, that we will never do this. But we do. We're human. See, we may have somebody that you've known for a long time that may have caused you pain, may have caused you heartache, may have caused you, you know, um, a whole range of things, may have been a person that's been so difficult to be a pain in the rear end to you. But they encountered Jesus and their life has changed, they're set free and they've changed, but all you can see because of fear of who they are, because of fear that they may have changed and be different, You keep on seeing them not as the new person, not as Jesus sees them, not as God sees them, but you see them as the old person. And fear drives that view. We think, oh yeah, that'll last a day, that'll last a couple of days, a little while, and then they'll be back to their old ways and they'll be the pain in the ass again to me. That's not how we see it. That's not encountering Jesus. That's fear speaking to us again. And we need to not let that be the case. It's important for us to to realise that fear does dictate how we actually encounter Jesus Christ and how we interpret other people's encounters. So you can see a whole group of people from the Bible reacted out of fear. They ran away. And when they came and saw, then they said, go away from me. I don't want this change. I don't, I don't want this to be around. You're changing things that I thought was said. So fear caused people to say, go away. Don't be involved. Another thing that happened, another way we react when we encounter the, the, the life-giving, changing encounter with Jesus Christ, we see in the man who is possessed by the demons. See, the man who was possessed by the demons, what happened? So he was, he was freed from them and then, then the disciples who were with Jesus gave him clothes because he was running around naked and hurting himself and all those things. And he sat down and he was listening to Jesus. So, and, and being with the disciples, he was together with them and, and listening and he was learning and he was understanding what Jesus was saying. He was wanting to know about Jesus more and more. And he wanted to stay in that moment. So when Jesus 
gets up and wants to go and jump in the boat again and, and head off to another location, the man says, can I come with you? See, so often when we react to life-changing encounters of Jesus Christ, we react and we try to keep in the moment that was of that encounter. So often we try to keep that moment alive in ourselves. And, and that's, a, that's a great because, you know, when we encounter Jesus, when Jesus actually changes our life, you know, when you say yes to God, here's one of the things. We want that back in our experience time and time again. We want to live in that moment. But life comes and different things happen. And often we think, oh, I'm failing as a Christian because I'm not back in that same moment that was so great when I encountered Jesus. I want to just come back into that. See, what Jesus did, he actually said to the man, and this is so important for us to hear, yes, stay in that moment, but you need to go back to your family. You need to be restored to who you were. You need to be restored back into that family and into community. See, the man had been removed from community, removed from all the people that he'd loved, he'd loved and was loving him. And Jesus said, no, I need you to go back and be restored. I need you to go back and be a part of your community. I need you to go back. And he does one other thing. He, he actually says this. I need you to go back and proclaim the life-changing encounter that you have had through God in this moment. And see, this is the other reaction you can have. You can react out of fear, just as the herdsmen and the townspeople did. You can react out of trying to maintain that moment, or you can react by proclaiming the life-changing moment that you have had with Jesus. You can proclaim the life change. You know, he, Jesus actually wanted this man, and, and this is so important for us to hear. He didn't say, go out and preach to all of the world. He didn't say, come and follow me in this way. He said, go back to your family and tell them all about God's great love that has been demonstrated to you, about the grace that you've been given, about the encounter you've had with Jesus. See, when our life is changed, the first and our encounter with Jesus, we have life change. The first place we should go and tell is our family. Our family, our, our mothers, our fathers, our brothers, our sisters, our children, you know, wherever it may be, we need to tell them about our life changing. It starts within our family. And if your family may actually be a little bit more extended than that. Your friends, people you know who are influenced. And you see what the man did? He went around the 10 different towns in his areas and started proclaiming what had happened to him. He proclaimed about his encounter. And you know what? We all want big stories, don't we, about how Jesus changed our lives. We don't always have stories, you know, once I was a biker and now, you know, now because of encountering Jesus, I'm no longer a biker and uh, I'm a mate, you know, I'm, I give my whole life to the Lord. Whatever it might be, or I was into drugs and now I'm not or whatever. Or in this guy's case, he was possessed by demons and now he's not. Restoration from what was pulling him apart from community, pulling him away from God, back into restoration's right relationship with God. Our encounter sets us free and changes us. And the story of our encounter is something that people will listen to. 
The story of our encounter with God is what people will listen to. Have you noticed how, say, somebody is, is, is overweight and, and, and one day you meet them later on and they've, they've lost a whole lot of weight. What do you say? What do you, you go, well, you look good. How did you do it? You actually wanted to know what changed in them to bring effect that change. You know, say somebody you might know is, is, has dealt with an addiction all their life and yet now they're not. And whether it's smoking, whether it's um, alcohol, whatever it might be. And, and they, they, get, they get off it. What do you want to do? You want to know how they made that change. You know, the story of our encounter, the story of our change, the story of being set free is something people want to hear. In our encounter with Jesus Christ, our personal encounter with Jesus Christ is something, is a story that people want to hear. Your story has power because it is about God's change in your life. So let's just pray together. Let's just realize that we can encounter Christ in lots of different ways. God will encounter us and will change our lives, and our lives will be changed. We will be set free, but we can respond in different ways. We can respond out of fear. We can respond out of trying to stay in the moment and not letting our lives carry on with where we need to be. Or we can respond with proclamation, proclaiming the glory of Jesus Christ, the work that he's done in your life. So let's just pray. A gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that in this story, in this piece of the Bible, that we can come to understand that our responses actually matter. What we do when we encounter Christ matters. Oh Lord, I just pray today for all those people that are listening in who are here with us today, that they will know that as we encounter Jesus, our lives are changed, that we are restored, that we are given hope for a future, and that that we will be set free. May the love of God, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be on you. May he challenge you to open up. May he challenge you to proclaim the story of your encounter with God. No matter how close or how far away that is, Lord, please open this up so we can tell other people. Let us not be afraid of what others may think. Let us not try and just stay in that moment when we first encounter Christ, but let us live our life as though God is with us always, speaking to us, changing us, renewing us, restoring us. We ask this in the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.